This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. Now, spreading freedom across the nation, this is The Buck Sexton Show. All right, team, welcome back. Very pleased to be joined now by Ben Shapiro. I'm sure many of you are familiar with him and his work. He is the editor-in-chief of DailyWire.com, syndicated columnist, host of The Ben Shapiro Show and The Morning Answer. He also writes for National Review. He's at Ben Shapiro on Twitter. Ben, thank you for calling in. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, let's start. Do you, the boycott, LL Bean. Uh, what do you What do you think about this? And and have you ever owned some Bean boots, Ben? Uh, no, I'm from LA. <laughs> so, <laughs> <not in> <laughs> Fair enough. Of, of of any sort, I am I'm about as as white collar as it comes. But all that said, uh, you know these boycotts always fail. They're always a big mistake by the left. They tend to generate reverse boycotts from from the right. Chick Fil A found this out. It's it's pretty amazing how how often the left tries to declare boycotts on things and they and they just fall apart. And as far as Trump saying go by LL Bean, totally within his totally within his rights to do that. I mean, the whole reason for the boycott on LL Bean is because LL Bean's founder supported Trump. So if he says go out and buy some LL Bean boots, I don't see any problem with that. Also, Ben, you are uh, somebody. You're you're another Ben who's the editor in chief of a website. There's the Ben over at uh, the. Uh, at BuzzFeed, not the BuzzFeed, sorry, at BuzzFeed, who was trying to justify the decision to go ahead with that dossier yesterday. I, I just wanted your reaction to the whole, all all the stuff, all the things surrounding the Trump dossier and, and the BuzzFeed publication of it. Well, I mean, I think that, number one, CNN and BuzzFeed are not the same outlet, and they didn't report the same thing. And attempts to conflate the two are intellectually dishonest. CNN reported that Clapper and the intelligence community briefed Trump on elements, including the dossier, uh, that apparently was true. Of course, you know, Clapper sort of implied that this morning. Trump has denied that. That's a different story than BuzzFeed actually spreading the memos around, spreading, spreading the dossier around without having verified any of it. I think that their, their kind of justification of it is particularly ridiculous when they say, you know, we had to put it out there so that you can verify it for yourself. I don't have a lot of sources in Putin's Russia. I don't know about you, but I don't have a lot of sources over there, so I'm not sure how I'm supposed to do the verification job that, that BuzzFeed and apparently dozens of other outlets weren't able to do. So I think that was irresponsible for, for BuzzFeed to do that. It's particularly irresponsible because, you know, a few years back I did something similar and BuzzFeed smacked me for it, and I think rightly so, and I never should have run a story that was a rumor, even though I said it was a rumor. I ran a rumor. I said this is a rumor, and it turned out not to be true. And the media went nuts over this. And now BuzzFeed does the exact same thing, and it seems like half the media is divided in favor of it because it's anti-Trump. Uh, it, to me, Ben, it would be reminiscent of, or, or it would it would remind me of what would happen 
if the raw background investigation files that I, I had a TS clearance at one point, and so they talked to people. There were there were people in suits wandering around my college campus, you know, well after I graduated, asking questions. You know, hey, what did he have a fondness for glassware? I mean, all kinds of stuff. And the FBI, or not the FBI in this case, but the background investigators that did it. Uh, they compile all this stuff, and then they check it, and then there's a determination made as to whether you're suitable for a clearance or not. But it would be wildly irresponsible, for example, for somebody to just get that information, which a lot of it is from people who are exes or you know angry neighbors or a former employer that you had a falling out with, and just in, a, in an all-at-once manner share that. And lots of people in the government have that stuff out there. So it sort of reminded me of that, that there's... There has to, if you're going to publish rumor, if you're going to put things out there that are deeply damaging to people, there has to be something standing behind it. It can't just be, I heard this from a guy who heard it from a guy who heard it from a guy. Yeah, agreed. I think that's absurd. And, and I think that the way that the media have treated this, and I will say that, as Trump said yesterday, most media looked at this and said, we wouldn't do that. Um, but BuzzFeed defending itself by saying, yeah, we just had to put it out there. It was our responsibility to put it out there. Well, then what's the point of having a media intermediary in the first place? Why don't we just grab everything that we find on Reddit and that'll become the news? Uh, so it, it, it's, it's foolishness. It, it also gave Trump just a massive out. I mean, I don't know if Trump, God loves Trump or he made a pact with Satan, but no politician I've ever seen has been as lucky as Trump. <laughs> Imagine if he had to go out to that press conference and the only report that was out there was the credible CNN report that the FBI had, had briefed him on his Trump-Russia ties, and then he had to answer questions about that, that would have been a far worse story for him than him being able to go out there and bash the crap out of BuzzFeed. So uh, BuzzFeed did him an enormous favor because now everybody is focused on the ridiculousness of these charges and the stupidity of BuzzFeed and putting it out there as opposed to you know the, whether, whether there's any credibility to any Trump-Russia ties whatsoever, and we have no idea on that particular score. Agree. This was a, a huge gift for for Trump handed by BuzzFeed, handed over by BuzzFeed. And, and it's something that he's exploited yesterday in that press conference. As you as you stated, CNN reported a different story than what BuzzFeed did. I, st- I have some issue with the CNN report separately from that because they're constantly getting these sources from inside either the Intel community or the Senate who shouldn't be speaking about this stuff. But that's more normal journalism. Uh, they nonetheless looked really bad in that press conference. <laughs> it didn't really matter that, that what the facts were because Trump understands how it plays in the news cycle. But I want to move to uh, Daily Wire, which is the website for which you are editor-in-chief. Everyone can check out dailywire.com. Uh, I-, I watched the entirety of the Obama goodbye. You have the 15... Uh, Obama says goodbye with 15 big fibs. What were the like the two or three biggest fibs, Ben, that you list here on dailywire.com? Well, I mean, I, I think that the, the biggest fib of all was when he continues to maintain the terrorist organizations were unsuccessful in the United States during his presidency. I mean, he continues to trot this out, and the way he does that is by qualifying the statement. So it's, it's always, no terrorist organization has pursued an organized terror attack on American soil during my presidency while wearing funny hats and, and, and honking the clown nose. I mean, it's, it's like he, he, he just extends the, the requirements to fit inside this little box. But the reality is that, of course, there's tons of terror attacks on, on U.S. soil under President Obama, far more than we saw in the aftermath of 9-11 on U.S. soil under President Bush. Uh, so that, that was a fib. You know, when, when President Obama fibbed about creating this thriving economy, the weakest recovery in American history, when he talked about disarming Iran, that was a particularly egregious one. He said that he'd shut down Iran's nuclear weapons program without firing a shot. That is patently untrue. The Obama administration, apparently, according to the AP, sent 116 tons of uranium to Iran. And Iran has been pursuing nuclear weapons through, through covert ties with, with 
Germany, apparently. Um, that was reported, I think, by Reuters a few months back. So that's a bunch of silliness. When he says that he secured the right to health insurance, no, actually, he put, pointed a gun at you and said, you need to buy health insurance or we're going to fine you and then you don't pay the fine, we'll jail you. So yeah, it, it, was, it was just lie after lie. But this is the reason – Obama doesn't get it. This is the reason why Americans turned against him and, and toward Trump is because he had crafted this alternative reality that, that just doesn't exist for most Americans where – Everything is hunky-dory. Everything is great and grand. And he said in the middle of his speech that race relations had gotten better over the last 10 years. There's not a single poll that shows that race relations have gotten better over the last 10 years. In fact, from 2009 to 2016, race relations have worsened dramatically. I mean, there was a, a, a poll, I think, from Gallup that showed that about 60, 62, 63 percent of Americans in April 2009 thought race relations were really good in the United States. Today, two out of three Americans think race relations are really bad in the United States. He's out there talking about what a great job he did. Yeah, all of this is is mostly just funny at this point because Obama has burned down his own party, and he's sitting there celebrating himself for having done all of this and maintaining the fiction that he did a wonderful job. The best gift, to, another gift that Donald Trump wanted, another gift would be for Obama to stick around and just criticize from the outside because he has he's sucking all the oxygen out of the room. He is lying routinely, and nobody believes what he has to say anyway. One more from DailyWire.com I want to ask you about. I'm speaking to Ben Shapiro. He's the editor-in-chief of the DailyWire.com, uh, and that is the image of the great economic leader and why it's dangerous. I just wanted you to make the case, then people can go to your piece and, and read it in full. Sure. So, you know, Donald Trump is kind of sitting atop Trump Tower these days, and business leaders go up to the top of Trump Tower, and they meet with the benevolent, the benevolent giants, and then he comes down and he says, this person has pledged to do X, Y, and Z for America, and everybody cheers. Yeah, listen, I'm happy jobs are being brought back to America, but the way the jobs should be brought back to America is by the president pursuing policies that generally affect Americans well, and businesses choose to keep the businesses there. And they say, well, thanks, President Trump, for creating this wonderful business climate. Instead, what it is, is it creates this image that business people and Trump are plotting the American economy, that if, if it had just been, that what all we really need is an active leader to push businesses into investing in America, to cajole them and threaten them. Into, into putting their dollars in the United States, and that's how the economy thrives, except for the fact that that's not true. Every time the government gets involved in bullying, cuddling, or bribing people to stay in the United States, that's actually a drag on the American economy, and it lends credence to the idea that the government is really in control of the economy or should be in control of the economy. It also creates this perverse cycle where business people go to the president. The president says, I'd like for you to invest. They say, okay, sure, we'll invest. Everybody's happy. Then later, when there's a recession, the politician says, listen, I told those people they should have invested more. And the business people say, yeah, I guess we really screwed the pooch on that one. And the American people blame business and then give more power to government. So it's always an increasing share of government in, in the economy. That's the result of this sort of economic great leader aesthetic. And I'm, I'm just not a fan of that. Ben Shapiro is a syndicated columnist, host of The Ben Shapiro Show and The Morning Answer. He's also editor-in-chief of DailyWire.com. Go check out his site for all the latest there. Ben, great to have you with us. Thanks for joining. Hey, thanks so much. Uh, team 888-900-3393 on the phones. Call in. Let's chat. We can discuss all kinds of things. And also, sponsor this half hour, silencershop.com. Silencers have been in the news a bit recently because people are realizing that a silencer is just a great accessory to have for your firearm. So there may be some legislation underway, hopefully this year, that will make it even easier to get a silencer. But right now, the easiest way to go 
is through silencershop.com. They have the best, most knowledgeable staff you'll find anywhere when it comes to getting silencers. They have a wide selection, and when you purchase a silencer from silencershop.com, you pick it up at a local dealer. There are no transfer fees. There is no shipping fee, or there's no shipping, rather. It's there for you, and you're supporting local business by doing it. So go to silencershop.com. You can read testimonials there, reach out to the staff, everything you need right there. Silencershop.com. Again, that is silencershop.com. Help make the world a quieter place, and we will be right back. Buck Sexton on the Blaze Radio Network. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show. Team Buck, we got phone lines open, so let's take some calls. We have Kathy in Connecticut. You're on the Buck Sexton Show. Welcome. Hey, Buck. Hey, what's up? Hey, Buck. Hi. Yes. I have a, hey. a movie. I have a movie. Uh, ah, so we're doing action movie quote Thursday with Kathy. Fair enough. Yeah. Yes, we are. Uh, so there's a couple of quotes, and I have to be careful with my wording, um, so bear oh with my. me. Okay, ready? No, I'll be careful. You tell me. Um, okay, life say female dog, right? Life say yeah. female yeah. dog, and she's in heat. Okay. That's one. That's it? That's oh, one, no, sorry. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I've come here to chew bubble gum and kick... But, but the A word, and I'm all out of bubble gum. All right. The first one, I have absolutely no idea. The second one, I've heard a million times, but I have to admit, okay. I don't know what movie that's uh, from. So let's start with the second one, because that, that is the, you've got me dead to rights on that one. I should know that, and I don't. Okay. So, you, so tell you the name? Yeah. The movie? Okay. It's yeah, they it's live, okay. They, this, this, this isn't top live. secret info. People are Googling okay. it right now, so go ahead. <laughs> okay. They live. And it's uh, it's an '80s movie, and it's Roddy Piper, and you have to see it. You have to see ah, it. Ah, the WWF guy, right? Roddy Piper, yeah. I remember him. Okay, yeah. and what's the yeah. first one? That one I had absolutely, I've never heard. I have no idea. Oh no, no, it's the same movie. Oh, a, well, that that, that that explains why I don't know it. Okay, yeah, fair enough. There's Anything else in your mind, Kathy, or are you just you just stumping, uh, you just pulling out your action movie quote black belt for the day? No, no, I my husband loves those kind of movies, so I've been watching them for years. And in fact, it was, we watched it again this weekend, and uh, I'm like, I gotta call in. It has great quotes all the way through, so you have to see that one. It's great. All right, I will check it out. Right. Thank you very much. Right. Great to have you, all Kathy. Right. Shields high. Thank you. Joel in Ohio. You're on the Buck Saxon Show. What's up? Hey, Buck. How's it going? Yeah, you got to watch good, that. Good, uh, good. They, they Live uh, movie. It's great. Um, what is it about? Better? It's like aliens? Is it aliens or is it zombies? Uh, it's aliens, but um, it's got the uh, dystopian, you know, uh, it explains why things the way they are in, in government. So 
You'll like it. Ah. It's fun. Okay. It's fun. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of people uh, sitting around eating bagels, complaining about how they're underpaid and wondering when their next uh, comp day is, right? Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, they make, they make fun of all that. It's great. Um, the uh, the Trump thing, I was wondering, like, I, I agree that the prevailing uh, theme with this Trump is, like, you know, they obviously hate him and fear him and, you know, a whole bag of stuff. And, by the way, I was a uh, – uh, still am, uh, you know, and I hope – Whatever president gets in there does the best for the country, obviously. But I was a never Trumper, so this isn't coming from like a uh, a Homer area. Um, but with this uh, latest from BuzzFeed, could other scenarios be playing? Like you know, there could be multiple threads with this. One being uh, the Democratic Party wanting to sort of try and chill relations between Trump and Russia. What, so you think that the uh, I'm sorry I didn't really follow follow the thesis here. You're you're wondering yeah. if all the media stuff is meant to just make things hard for Trump with dealing with Russia. Well, not the media, more the Democratic Party. Because with Obama, there seemed to be tension between Russia and the U.S., and there was there wasn't so much uh, partnership from you know looking on the outside. And I'm wondering since they've sort of the Democrats kind of picked the Middle East, and there was this, you know, inner battle with Syria and Russia, if they're just trying to make that relationship hard. And then um, on the flip side, could this be something chilling to Trump himself saying, look, we're going to throw this out there in the most irresponsible way, but just so you know, um, we could make things difficult for you if we turn other stuff up. Huh. Okay. Let me try to take these one one by one. Um, yeah. The question about, or the the point you raise about whether Democrats are just trying to make things difficult for Trump with Russia, uh, I, I think yeah, sure. But that's under a much broader umbrella. If they're trying to make everything more difficult for Trump, and the reason yeah. that Russia has become a focal point isn't because all of a sudden. Russia has changed its foreign policy or anything. It's because Russia, Hillary, the election, that's that is the direct line. That is what has gotten them so uh, agitated and why there's such a sort of frenzy of beehive, an angry beehive of media activity around Russia all the time now because of the Russian hack of the DNC in Podesta, which I think now we can all basically agree that that happened i i hope i still I, i've gotten less angry emails from people telling me i'm a sellout because i think that the hack happened but it didn't make a big difference uh so that's why russia is such a focus right now it should also be pointed out that the obama administration's done a terrible job of thwarting russian ambitions and aggressions so how much yeah. it's fair to ask how much worse could trump really be in dealing with russia and then I'm sorry, I got so I got so uh, intrigued by your first point. I forgot what was the second one. Give me the one sentence on it. Uh, so the second one is this is just a shot across the bow for against Trump saying, "Look, we're going to release something irresponsible, but just so you know, we could do." Yeah, okay, that good, good point. Yeah, and people are raising this. People are raising this one too, Joel. It's a good point. I don't mean to speak over you. Just we're about to head into, head into a heartbreak no. and want to answer your question. Yeah. Um, Oh, I would say this. Hillary, it would be. Hillary, wait, uh, we've only got thirty. We've only got thirty seconds. Uh, yeah. Joel, it's very. It would be very hard to get any information on Trump 
particularly of a personal nature uh, that I think would make much difference. I really, I really don't know. It would have to be really, really bad. And even then, look what we knew about. Look at the Democrats with Bill Clinton when he was when he was president. So uh, I, I don't think that that's something that's going to happen. Uh, the financial ties, we'll see. The financial ties may be there, but even those wouldn't dis- wouldn't destroy the presidency necessarily. So we'll have to see. Joel Shields, hi. Thank you for calling. How much time do I have, Shimon? Oh, I've got oh, I've got thirty seconds now. I'm sorry, I misheard the uh, sound cue and I cut Joel off earlier than I intended to. Apologies, Joel, but it was very two very good questions. Think about this. Play this out in your head, but don't do it too visually. I suppose. What would it take in terms of a video that the FSB could have that would make Trump supporters turn on Trump? It would have to be really bad. And in terms of the financial connections too, I don't think people are going to care that much if there are some Trump ties to Russia. More coming. Be back in a few. Buck Sexton Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Buck Sexton, the Blaze Radio Network. Team, we're joined now by David French. He is a staff writer for National Review, a senior fellow at the National Review Institute. He's also an attorney and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. You can read his latest on nationalreview.com. David, thanks for calling in. Well, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, first, Dave, can I get your reaction to this just now breaking story? Uh, so, and, and it's very, it's, it, it is what it says right here. Justice Department Inspector General to investigate pre-election actions by the department and the fbi you think this has got some legs this is this certainly perked uh, perked my ears up a little bit um yeah i i will have to see <laughs> I, I think this is not surprising at all given the level of controversy and rancor right now that exists over fbi actions and doj actions prior to the election um this is all that you know this is of course linked to the hillary clinton fbi uh, investigation. Um, it may even go beyond that and take a look at, for example, where, what kind of investigations were undergoing of uh, the Trump campaign, and why would they be dis- why would they not be disclosed if they existed? Why were the Clinton investigate the reopening of the Clinton investigation disclosed? I mean, there's a lot there's a lot to look at, um, and you know, we'll, we'll just have to see what the Inspector General says. But I'm I'm not surprised by this. Uh, do you think that there's going to be a lot of back and forth again over the Comey? Do you think Comey, by the way, what happens to him? You know, that, that's a great question. I mean, it, he came into this election cycle with one of the best reputations in Washington, and he's leaving this election cycle um, exactly. It, it, it's he's leaving it completely a victim of partisan politics. In other words. Um, the, the regard for him by either side of the aisle was directly dependent on whether his actions were seen as helping or hurting uh, in, the, in the election. And, and that's a real shame because I think the real problem here, the original problem here, was not James Comey who was put in a terrible position 
but it was Hillary Clinton's problem. That was the original problem. That was the original sin here was the creation of the homebrew server, which the FBI had to investigate as soon as it was known that there was classified information on that server. They got they have to look at that. And she is the Democrats went ahead and nominated her, knowing that there was an FBI inquiry ongoing. They put their thumb, the Democratic National Committee put their thumb on the scales for her, knowing there was an FBI inquiry going, knowing it'd be one of the most uh, talked about and examined aspects of law enforcement, uh, law enforcement activity in the last 20 years. And uh, I, there are things I could quibble with with Comey. Uh, I I, I continue to disagree with his initial decision not to recommend for prosecution, um, but he was put in an extraordinarily difficult position, and I, I don't know how he's going to extricate himself from it going forward uh, and be able to continue to do the job in the same way that he did before with such high bipartisan regard. I think right now the FBI is in a situation like the CIA where everything that it does is now being examined through a partisan lens. So, David, you've got a couple of pieces up on NashReview.com on the Trump dossier that dropped yesterday. Uh, you, I, I think it's fair to say, uh, in, in writing, dropkicked BuzzFeed for releasing the... Is that, is that a fair characterization? <laughs> you, that might I always be feel a like little mild. Has, okay, a little mild, yeah. It, it, was a, mild. it was a... It was a drunken Scottish headbutt in the bar. I mean, it was, it was fierce. Uh, you were not happy with what went down with BuzzFeed. One thing that you got into in your piece that I think has received a, a lot less att- honestly I I hadn't even heard about it until I saw it in your piece is this guardian uh this guardian allegation or guardian reporting I should say that here let me read it this is from nashreview.com David French's piece up there right now the guardians learned that the FBI applied for a warrant from the FISA court over the summer in order to monitor four members of the Trump team Suspected of irregular contacts with Russian officials, the FISA court turned down the application, asking FBI counterintelligence investigators to narrow its focus. According to one report, the FBI was finally granted a warrant in October, but that has not been confirmed. What the what is going on here? (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, I don't know Um, what we know, what we here's what we think we know. We think we know that the FBI was seeking a warrant under the uh, FISA, which is essentially what FISA is doing is a special court that, uh, uh, that evaluates warrants to determine uh, foreign influence in the United States. It's a national security warrant, in other words. It's not a war- necessarily a warrant dealing with finding probable ca- cause that a crime has been committed. So um, very rarely are those FISA warrant requests turned down. But if this Guardian report is to be believed, the FBI sought a report, uh, sought a warrant, and it was turned down, then narrowed it and sought uh, the warrant and got it. Uh, now, this is based on reporting from Heat Street, which issued its report on this, and it was completely lost in the news. I mean, completely lost. One reason, it was it was issued at like 10 p.m. the night before the election. So nobody, uh, nobody was following it. Everyone was then focused on the election returns. So there's a lot uh, going on that we don't know. Uh, and, and that's one of the things I was so livid about the BuzzFeed report is that BuzzFeed report just sucked all the oxygen out of the room uh, for the sake of dumping out into the public square a 35 pages of anonymously sourced um, hearsay that was already in the process of being debunked in many ways and was, was being investigated in many other ways. And BuzzFeed just threw it out there. 
Um, and that that was journalistic malpractice of the highest order. Look, before the election, people approached me and said, I have information that Donald Trump is this or that. And one of the first things that you do when you're when you have the slightest bit of integrity as somebody who writes about politics, who writes about law and culture, is you say, well, what's your evidence? And if all the evidence is, well, it's this anonymously sourced secondhand memo, um, you know, it's sort of put up or shut up at that point. And what BuzzFeed did was it just threw everything out there, even though it was already researching it and even though it had already begun to debunk elements of it. Uh, it made no sense at all. I, I received uh, anonymous tips about I sh- anonymous tips about or unverifiable. I mean, I spoke to people or got emails from people, so I don't know. You know, I couldn't tell who they were about the Clintons. That would have made quite you know, would have been quite a story to tell people, and that's for the Clintons. Given all we know about right. them, that's this would have been a whole next level. I was told things that are you know federal prison for decades for Bill Clinton. I, I can't repeat that stuff on air. I, I can't write. I can't write posts. I can't put my name to something. Oh, this this guy named you know named Bob called me and said that Bill Clinton. You know, along the lines of sort of PizzaGate conspiracies, things like that. Yeah. How how can BuzzFeed, which is one of the 20, I think, biggest websites in the world in terms of traffic, maybe even top 10, how could they make such an error? I think it has to only be, as I'm calling it, sort of Bush derangement syndrome, and now it's Trump derangement syndrome, which is a much more chronic and, I think, uh, destructive disorder. Well, you know, it, it looks to me like sheer malice is what it looks to me like. So. Uh, you know, one of the things they said. Is there a legal case, David? I don't mean to cut you off, but I know you're a lawyer. And since you said malice, no, do you think you there's know, a legal case it, against BuzzFeed? When you're dealing with attacking public figures, it's very hard for a public figure to sue a media organization. But if a, if a public figure can can prove that a media organization published intentionally false information or intentionally published information that it knew to be false or uh, had reckless disregard for the truth, then there's some vulnerability there. And what's interesting is that BuzzFeed's statement says, well, you know, we know all that this isn't all right. Well, they didn't go out and identify what was wrong. They just threw it all out there. And then, and then the other thing is what was particularly uh, ridiculous is they said, well, we, we want Americans to make up their own minds. Well, look, guys, we're not freestanding intelligence agencies. I can't go fly to Moscow and start interviewing sources. I can't hack into FSB databases and see if they have, you know, videotapes of Donald Trump. I mean, that was one of the most absurd things I've ever read in my entire life. BuzzFeed, as you noted, is an enormous media organization. It has enormous traffic. It has an entire news team, and they weren't able to verify a lot of this stuff, and then they're going to put it out there and say, well, you be the judge? What? You know, that makes absolutely no sense. And, and to me, it, it fatally undermines their credibility going forward. If I see a report from BuzzFeed going forward, I'm going to double, triple, and quadruple check it because I'm not going to believe a thing that they have to say. Yeah, you mean you couldn't just call up you know, your uncle your uncle Yuri and, and Aunt Svetlana in Russia, David? And I mean, this, is, the, 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 this notion that people can, can figure out for themselves the veracity without any accountability on the sources then there's no end to this, right? If this was the new standard, if BuzzFeed standard was the new standard for journalism, people could write absolutely anything, say, oh, I protect my sources, not name their sources, and <laughs> the whole thing comes down. It is dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. But I, I oh, want to get your take. Absolutely. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just saying absolutely, and, and I'm glad you brought up rumors about the Clintons. I've gotten rumors about the Clintons. I've gotten rumors about Obama. Every major candidate for president 
in this cycle and the cycle before. I got tons of rumors. <laughs> you don't publish that stuff. Some of them are so ridiculous and incredible, you laugh out loud when you hear them. But when you're in the media, you're a rumor magnet. And and BuzzFeed knows that, and that's why, doubly why it's irresponsible that they did what they did. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the FEMA camps, until I get more verification on what's going on at the FEMA camps, David, I, I just can't run with that story. I'm sure you've gotten those, and the chemtrails and all the rest of it. Um, so I, I want to also ask you about Pompeo down at the, at the Congress getting grilled by the Senate. Big issues that have come up are uh, mass surveillance and waterboarding. How do you think Pompeo is doing, and where do you think the administration should be on those two very contentious points? <laughs> well, this is not going to be a very politically correct answer, but I don't believe waterboarding is torture. Um, I believe that we should. I'm, I'm with Alan Dershowitz. I agree with you. So. He, he, he articulated a position many years ago that, in essence, what we should be able to get in extreme circumstances is a warrant to conduct enhanced interrogation. In other words, ticking time bomb scenarios or particularly significant interrogations. Uh, seek, do it under a legal process. Seek and get a warrant and do. Uh, enhanced interrogations through a lawful process. I, I think that they can be effective, um, and I don't believe it's torture. And so, uh, you know, I, 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 I know that the administration is ultimately looks like the administration ultimately is going to take the position that they won't do it. But I think it should be and can be a tool in our toolkit. Um, as far as mass surveillance goes, I, I'm not one of those that's terribly paranoid about it. Um, the I, I given the the problem that we have with what people are wrongly calling sort of self radicalization, it's not really self radicalization. They're not just sitting there in a room disconnected from the world and everyone else and radicalizing to into jihadist Islam. It's a process that involves communication. It's a process that involves um, sometimes involves communication overseas. It's a process that often involves visiting of particular websites. And, you know, if if you do it prudently uh, and if you can peg and identify uh, the uh, right places to to um, to raise red flags, surveillance can be very, very useful, especially in this age of self-radicalization. But there has to be guardrails. Um, I think common sense should apply. But I'm not I'm not someone who hears the words mass surveillance and immediately kind of curls up in the fetal position, I think. Okay, what are you doing? What are the guardrails? What are you looking for? How are you looking for it? And that level of precision, unfortunately, is is difficult to discuss in public because you're often talking about classified systems. David French is a writer for a staff writer for National Review, senior fellow at the National Review Institute. Uh, follow him on Twitter at David A. French and also read his latest on NationalReview.com. David, thank you so much. Always great to have you. Well, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Team, we'll be right back after the break. You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show on the Blaze Radio Network. I've been mentioning it, uh, team, and I wanted to give you the actual number here. BuzzFeed, which we've been talking about a lot because of the Trump dossier, according to Quantcast, which is a nifty little site if you ever want to see 
how much traffic any particular website gets. According to Quantcast.com, BuzzFeed is the 12th biggest website in the United States and has a U.S. reach of 90 million unique readers a month. That is enormous. It is absolutely huge. Uh, so if you want to look at the other uh, other sites that are in that striking distance in the neighborhood, now you're talking about the Facebooks, Amazon.com, uh, number one in terms of unique users in uh, in the U.S. at least is uh, Google, I, I think. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Google's number here. I've got the list out. Google's number one. YouTube is number two. Uh, Facebook is three. MSN.com is four. Oh, who knew? Yahoo five, Amazon six, Bing seven, eBay eight, Twitter nine, Yelp ten, Pinterest eleven, BuzzFeed twelve. So BuzzFeed, according to Quantcast of U.S. sites, and it says that's actually a monthly unique of sixty million, uh, according to Quantcast here. I don't know why it said ninety million before. There are different metrics they use here, but you have more people accessing BuzzFeed month to month than are on Netflix. More people on BuzzFeed than go to Wikipedia. Uh, and sir, the only news site that's even really in the neighborhood here that I see that's a, that's a straight news site instead of sort of a web conglomerate, uh, foxnews.com is the number 25 site in the U.S., and BuzzFeed is number 12. So that gives you a sense of whether you read BuzzFeed or not. It, it is, this is not, oh, some little blog somewhere that we can ignore has a tremendous reach, and that reach is not built on the finest journalism in the world, clearly, but nonetheless, it is a site that a lot of people pay attention to, so I thought we should just get the numbers straight on that. I think we'll talk a little bit about health care coming up here, and then we'll get into policing and cops and what's going on in the country with all that. So we've got a lot more show in this third-hour team. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Call in at 888-900-3393. Stay with me. The Buck Sexton Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.